Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. Welcome, Trexo people, to another edition of the Overflow Podcast. Jim Stern, great to be here with you as always. Man, I am and I'm fired up for what we are going to get into today, the portion of the Lord's Prayer, the way that Jesus starts us off, the emphasis that he gives us as we launch into prayer. This is the second of a 10-week series on Brilliant, Unleashing Life Through the Lord's Prayer. That's the book we're going through. Uh, You can get that book uh, at Amazon or on my website, trexo.org. Going to give you some great content to go through by yourself, go through with your small group, be able to listen to a podcast, read a chapter, get together and discuss, as well as practice, put into practice these very simple and powerful techniques that Jesus gives us about prayer uh, through through the Lord's Prayer. Now, we know there are two places in Scripture where, where Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 5, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 9 to 13, and then in Luke 11, uh, verses 1 to 4. In the Luke version, uh, this is where the disciples come to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so they come from a praying background, they come from a praying culture, but they recognize something different in the fabric and the power and the authority and the content of Jesus' praying, and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so Jesus teaches them. He says, when you pray... Pray in this way, both in Matthew 5 and Luke 11, Jesus launches into the Lord's Prayer with these beautiful, beautiful, incredibly powerful opening, and he teaches us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father. We are to pray to our Father. Praying is about a communication between a father and a son, between a father and a daughter. That is in the simplicity of what prayer is. We love to keep things simple. That is very simply what prayer is. It is communicating between a father. It's communication between a father and a son, between a son and his father, between a daughter and her father, receiving communication from a father to a son, from a father to his daughter. That's what prayer is. That is the emphasis of Jesus when he says, hey, I'm going to teach you to pray. You need to understand first and foremost, we're going to pray and we're going to pray to our father. And I love this. I freaking love this. That the God of all creation has made himself known to us and he wants to be our dad. He wants to be our dad. Now, understand that when Jesus came in his ministry, one of the most scandalous things, by far, one of the most scandalous things that Jesus did was to continually call God his father. Made everybody mad. The, The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day were turned upside down, could not could not understand, were were blown away that Jesus would walk around calling God his father. Angry, angry as all get out. 113 times, I think it is, in the book of John. I think it's 113 times that God is called father. 111 of those is by Jesus. So it is that Jesus was walking around and he was saying, God is my father. He wants to be your father too. My father's better than your father. But he wants to adopt you into our family so that my father can become your father. That was the ministry of Jesus. It was all about exposing people, awakening people to the father heart of God. And the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, could not, 
couldn't handle it. In fact, in John chapter 8, there's this brilliant confrontation between Jesus and the Pharisees, and they're going back and forth about Abraham, and Abraham's our father, and Jesus says, no, he's not, and yes, he is, and no, he's not, and and listen to how this plays out in John chapter 8, beginning in verse 39. The, the Pharisees answered Jesus and says, Abraham is our father. And Jesus says to them, oh, really? If Abraham, if you're Abraham's children, then do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you're seeking to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. Oh, this is going to get bad really quick. The Pharisees reply to Jesus, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. They're claiming that God is their father. But Jesus says to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have proceeded forth from him and have come from God. For I have not come, even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why don't you understand, you thick-headed numbskulls? Well, that's, that's my edit. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Hear the scandal of what Jesus is saying that God is my father. He wants to be your father. All of this great stuff that just oozes out of Jesus about God as his father. God as his father. The Pharisees come along and they say, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Can't be saying that. God's not your father. He's our father. Who do you think you are? And Jesus says, if God really were your father, you would believe in me, but you don't, which means that God is not your father, but actually your father is the devil. Your father is Satan. Now, Jesus wasn't saying that as some kind of figure of speech. He was saying quite literally, either God is your father or Satan is your father. And first century Judaism, first century Pharisees, Jesus accuses them of actually being under the leadership of Satan himself. That's the scandal that Jesus pours out all throughout his ministry is that God is his heavenly father. You can repent of your sins. You can come into the family. You can be called a son or daughter of God and he can become your father as well. And so Matthew chapter seven, Jesus says, uh, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give to those who ask? The apostle James says in James 1 about the goodness of our dad, the goodness of our father. Hey, every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the father of lights in whom there's no shifting shadow. And so we see not only from Jesus, we see this in John, we see this in Paul, we see this in James, that Jesus himself and the apostles all pointing us to the father and the goodness of our father's character the goodness of our father's character so that in him we can have this great and robust and healthy relationship where prayer becomes a conversation between a son and his father, between a daughter and his father. For when you gave your life to Christ, you were adopted into the family and you were bestowed upon you the incredible title of child of God. You were bestowed upon you to become a son. You were bestowed upon you to become a daughter of the living God. You are adopted into the family of God. This can be such a problem for so many of us because many of us have very difficult, challenging, strained relationships with our biological parents. And so having an intimate, vulnerable, love-filled, love-based, healthy relationship 
with God as our father can be an incredible, incredible challenge. So right here in the jump of our prayer, there is this invitation to draw into a healthy relationship with our heavenly father and ask him to help us to do that. Confess to him and talk to him about the pain that we have from our families of origin. Confess to him the challenges that we have to come to him as our dad, to believe in him as our dad, the one who is supernatural, the one who created all of everything that we see, the known universe, and yet he wants to be our dad who loves us and will provide for us and has life for us and has a plan for us. And that can be incredibly challenging to draw into that supernatural reality where God himself wants to be our dad. He wants us to call him father. He wants us to be his sons. He wants us to be his daughters. And oftentimes when we have damaged relationships with our biological moms and dads, we can transfer that into difficulty in our relationship with God, even to the point that I've seen and worked with some people with respect to the Trinity, and they will always call God, God, but they will never call him father. And so I'll ask him and say, I noticed that whenever you refer to God, you always call him God. You never call him father. And here comes all of these family of origin wounds just pouring out of them because intimacy with the father is very, very, very challenging. Now, real interesting in the, in, in the past six months, I've been working with a particular woman whose dad was not terrible at all. In fact, this went on the other side. He, she actually won the dad lottery. This guy was just, and I, I knew this guy full of the Lord, full of the Holy Spirit, full of grace and mercy and truth, the kindest, gentlest, uh, but firm and truthful uh, man of God. And, and as a daughter, this, this uh, woman uh, just nuzzled up underneath the love of her dad. And he recently passed. And we've been working through uh, the difficulty that she's had and seeing past her dad and really understanding that God wants to be her father because her dad was such an incredible man. So we can actually come at struggling to have intimacy with God as our father, both through the the more expected path where our biological parents were not very good to us, either mom or dad. Uh, but here we see it actually on the other side also where mom and dad, dad in this instance was just absolutely spectacular and yet still caused a, a challenge for one particular woman to draw near in intimacy uh, with her heavenly father. So we, again, we see right off the bat in this prayer where Jesus is expressing to us the power that he has in his own prayer life. As we looked at last week, Jesus, most successful person who ever lived on planet Earth, fullest, greatest, richest life of anybody on planet Earth. What was it about him that made him that way? What allowed him to have such productivity, such meaning in his life? And now we're seeing it. Jesus had an incredible relationship with his heavenly father. Prayer for Jesus was talking to his dad about everything that was going on in his life. And so that's the invitation for us when we come in prayer we come as a son, we come as a daughter to talk to our Heavenly Father. We give that great invocation when we come into prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. He is our dad, but he is the one who is in heaven. He is our Father. He is our Abba. He is the one that we want to grow in intimacy with. And yet he is the creator of the universe. So it's that healthy respect for who he is. Yet he's our dad who oozes love, who absolutely oozes love toward us. Uh, who get to call him by grace? Who get to call him? Uh, who get to call him Father? And that becomes the genesis. That becomes the the foundational ground of our prayer life. Now, understand, there's one who hates this invocation more than anyone else, and that's Satan himself. Remember that when Satan got kicked out of 
uh, out of fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit when Satan was the archangel Lucifer and there was that original rebellion in the heavenlies. God our Father expelled Satan out of the heavenlies. Jesus said, I saw Satan coming down, getting thrown down like a bolt of lightning, like a bolt of light that fast, bam! And Satan was cast out of the regular presence uh, of the divine assembly, regular intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you need to understand that Satan hates your intimacy with our Heavenly Father. Satan absolutely hates. If he can keep you away from anything, he can't keep you away from Jesus, he gave your life to Jesus. can't keep you away from the Holy Spirit, he gave your life and you're surrendered to the Holy Spirit. He will do everything he can to keep you away from intimacy with God your Father. So let's be real intentional in understanding the enemies that are coming against us are our, for so many of us, our, our family of origins, that's an enemy that's coming against our intimacy with our Father. And then certainly Satan himself is coming, it's coming against us as an enemy of intimacy with our Father. And let's just boldly proclaim with confidence by grace as we come into prayer, our Father who art in heaven. Notice Jesus does not teach us to pray to himself. He doesn't teach us to pray to Jesus. He doesn't teach us to pray to the Holy Spirit. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying to Jesus, nothing wrong with praying to the Holy Spirit, but the primary recipient of our prayers is to be to our Heavenly Father. Look at the prayers in the New Testament. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and following. These prayers are directed at God, our Father. So when you pray, pray to God, our Father. See yourself as a son, see yourself as a daughter, and really begin to enjoy, allow yourself to enjoy and deepen in your intimacy with Him to whatever degree Intimacy with our Father is a challenge for you. Just confess it. Father, I want to know you as my dad. I want to trust you as my dad. I want to grow in intimacy with you. I want you to grow in intimacy with me. I want to have this open dialogue of vulnerability with you. I don't know how to do that. I've never had that before in my life. I've struggled to do that. Uh, I pray that you'll be safe. I pray that you'll be gentle with me. I pray that you'll be kind with me. I pray that you'll be loving with me. And you will find our dad, your Father, to be all of those things and even more. He wants intimacy with you way more than you want it with him. So as we open up, as we open up in this ground, this foundational piece, this second session of the Lord's Prayer, let's understand the magnitude and the power of what it is to invoke our Father. I'm going to leave you with, with this question uh, that you can discuss in your small groups. I believe it's also at the end of the chapter in the book. How well do you know God as your Father? How comfortable are you with calling him your father? How often do you call him your father? Uh, how well do you know his character as your father? And how much does your perspective, your perception, how much does your perception of him as father affect the freedom, affect the freedom with which you give yourself to him? The more you hesitate, the harder it is. Let's ask him to make his character known to you in such a way that liberates you to fully embrace being his child. Look forward to being with you in our next session of The Overflow as we continue to walk out. What does it look like to pray using the Lord's Prayer? Brilliant Unleashing Life Through the Lord's Prayer is our text. You can get that book on Amazon. You can get it at trexo.org. Hope this has been meaningful to you, and we'll see you next time as we continue to walk out what life looks like when we live it in The Overflow. Thank you for joining us in The Overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.